Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about when construction meets technology with the help of special guest, Eric Hortonberry of JobTread in Dallas, Texas. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to another exciting episode, I hope, of the Tim Fowler Show. So uh, like I always do, um, I just gotta tell you, sometimes it's hard for me to find new topics, interesting things, so feel free to send me a note at Tim at Remodelers Advantage if you've got an idea that I may be able to deal with on the show. So I have a very short introduction today. Uh, and part of it's just because every now and then I run into somebody that I just find interesting and their background's interesting. And it's like, ah, we got to get these people on the show. And that's that's our guest for today. Now, he does have a new uh, relatively new job management uh, software platform. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and let him introduce that to you. But what's happened is that in you know creating this new platform, uh, he's gotten to see a lot of the challenges that we have as remodelers and construction folks. And I think some of the things that he'll be able to share with us will be able to help us with those things. So from real life experience of running a company uh, to simply, I think, just asking the question like, what will help other people in this business? Uh, he has some pretty cool insights into what might be uh, useful for us. So today, this is just a conversation about a lot of different topics. There'll be, it's not like one focused area of our work. And of course, we're going to let him introduce his new software to us and tell us why it's so important. So, Steve, let's get going. Well, Tim, I'm very excited to introduce our next guest. Eric Fortenberry is a passionate entrepreneur who founded JobTread, a construction estimating and project management software company in 2019 after serving as CEO for a general contracting company where he built the first version of JobTread to help streamline and remedy their broken processes. JobTread has grown to help thousands of builders and contractors sell and manage over $1 billion in construction jobs and has been recognized as a top 100 product by Pro Remodeler for the past two years. Eric has also been named to the Inc. Magazine's 30 Under 30 list of the world's coolest young entrepreneurs and received awards at the White House and United Nations after being named to the Impact 100 less showcasing the best companies started and run by young entrepreneurs. JobTread is located in Dallas, Texas, and has been recognized as a best place to work by the Dallas Business Journal. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, this is going to be really great. So we're just going to jump right in. Uh, just give us a little bit more about JobTread. And I guess one of the questions that kind of always comes up is, why did we need another platform? So maybe kind of take off from there and tell us a little bit about JobTread. Sure. So, you know, JobTread is a, you know, estimating and project management solution. 
um, that I ultimately I, I built out of a needs basis when when I was managing that uh, construction company. And you know, when when I first came in and took over that business, I mean, I, I looked at everything out there. I studied all the competition, all the the solutions that were there, and you know, at the end of the day, I just, I, you know, I felt like a lot of the, the the solutions out there were either like pretty antiquated. I could tell it was, you know, built on some older technology. You know, the user interface didn't seem as easy or intuitive as, as I would have liked, uh, or it looked like it might have required a lot of customization, you know, a lot of effort to get it, you know, set up to to work for our business the way that we uh, needed it. And or it, or maybe it was also super expensive. And, uh, you know, the, the, the owners of the business, uh, basically, you know, just encouraged me to, uh, to, to build our own. And as you know, after I pulled them no a couple of times, you know, they kept, kept pushing me and, uh, you know, I said, you're a software guy. Can't you just create something? And, you know, finally I agreed to take over, uh, you know, I told them I'd give them one year, you know, I took over the business as CEO, um, you know, also said, you know, everything I build is, is my intellectual property. So if this does have, you know, potential, uh, to yeah. become my next software company, then, uh, you know, I, I reserved that there for us. And, you know, we, we basically just started building and, you know, really started on the very, you know, front process of, you know, let's get organized, let's get everything in one place, you know, let's focus on our estimating at first and building budgets, you know, and then that led to, you know, getting into the project management side of things and scheduling and managing all of our subs and vendors, you know, and then the last thing is we, we, we integrate it with our QuickBooks, you know, to kind of integrate the, the AR and the AP side of things. But, you know, again, I, I tell people all the time, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Like the fundamentals of managing a construction business really, you know, haven't changed. What we're doing is we're just leveraging modern technology and we're making it easier to use, easier to learn, you know, get, get your team up and on it. Um, you know, product that, that we can take to the market and, and our goal is to keep it as affordable as possible. You know, we want to create the new standard for, you know, estimating and budgeting your jobs and being able to manage those jobs. And, you know, our goal here is to get this into tens of thousands of contractors. And, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of why, why, why we do what we do is we're, we're just passionate about building an awesome company and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really taken off on us though. Okay, cool. So you, you said in that discussion right there, that you're a software guy. So, Tell us how you got into construction. I mean, were you like standing on the street corner begging for money and somebody said, oh, I think he could help us or what? How did you end sure. up in construction? It just seems like a weird avenue to me. You sure. know, uh, for those of us who came out of the field, you know, into management, it just seems like a weird journey. So how how'd that happen? Sure. So it, my, my, my first company was, was a software company as well. I started it right out of college. And, um, you know, we, we basically built software for higher education, uh, ended up taking that to 650 universities in 13 countries had over 20 million users on our site. And, uh, one of the, one of the people though, who was, uh, kind of like a consultant force at, at that company, um, after, after I sold that business in 2015, he had asked me to come over and help him with his, you know, he was, uh, running a construction company, him and, uh, his brother and, and another guy had started that up, but they were, they're were really struggling to, you know, to scale the business. And, you know, they were doing good. They're about 5 million in sales. They had, you know, about 10 employees and, you know, things, things were going good for them, but they, they were starting to hit that, that ceiling of just like not being able to take it to the next level. And so he had asked me to come over and just, you know, again, I figured I'd just come in and take a look and, you know, give him some advice. And, uh, you know, I, when I walked in, I mean, I immediately like day one, immediately, you know, I saw the chaos. I saw just the papers, the binders, you know, you got subs walking in and turning their timesheets and someone putting that into this folder and then, you know, goes over here and then, you know, all the receipts <laughs> and I like, I mean, it was just total disorganization. 
And, you know, that, that, that basically led me to say, hey, man, like, you know, this is, this is, seems like what we need is some, some, some processes and some systems in place. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where the whole thing started. And it, you know, led to me taking over the business and running it for a year. And, you know, I think that was a great opportunity for me to truly like get a deep dive into, you know, the challenges of, of managing a construction business. And, uh, you know, we just, we just started building solutions while we were, you know, running it. And, uh, yeah. Here so we this are is one of the one of the cool things I love about this podcast because I'm just sitting here imagining the owners of a five million dollar company sitting there and going like things aren't working. Let's go get the CEO from a multinational software company to come in and help us out. You know, nobody thinks like that. You know, <laughs> we we think like I got to get a salesperson or I got to get a production guy or I've got to get a so, so my hats off to those owners for being smart enough to uh, make that big, big jump. So you spent some time with this construction company. You've started this software. If you had to say sort of in a nutshell, like what's, what would be the biggest bang for the buck, so to speak, advice to our audience in what you saw that, uh, that you is typical, that if they can fix that problem, then that's going to get them further than anything else. Sure. I mean, you know, aside from just the general, like, let's get organized. Right. Um, you know, I'd say that probably the, the, the two biggest things, I mean, one, you know, I, I really dug into the whole estimating the pricing, you know, I, some of these guys, you know, they, they, they've been doing construction for, you know, 20, 30 years. They can, they can go look at a project and just come up with, you know, a number, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, they, they, I'm not saying that, 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 that they don't know what they're talking about, but like, you got to really build a budget. You have to put the details, the scope of work together to be able to like have that, um, you know, so when, you know, let's say, you, you know, and, and again, I, I saw this all the time, a bunch of back of the envelope, you know, buddy deals getting done, you know, but they're not documented the right way. You know, we're not getting, you know, kind of into, you know, the, the, the pay, the pay system, depending on how the customer is going to pay us. Like, you know, there are a lot of challenges with just kind of the way that things were being run. And uh, so the, the first and foremost is, you know, I said, look, stop, no more of this, like making up numbers and just focusing on price. Let's build a budget for every single job. We need to detail out what is the labor that's going to go into this? What materials are going to be needed for this? Like make sure we have a very clear scope of work. And then once you know what the cost will be, you know, I found that pricing was a huge thing. So some of our guys, you know, and we were, we were targeting a 30% profit margin. Some of our guys were using 30% margin to calculate the price, but some of the guys were using a 30% markup. Right. And it took me forever to figure this out. I had to go and sit and I just, I, I literally shadowed the guys for a day and, and find them like, wait, what do you, why are, you know, why are you doing it like that? You know, and they're, oh, I'm just marking up 30%. It's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. You know, like we were literally shooting ourselves in the foot. There was no chance of ever getting a 30% profit margin on the job that they marked up 30%, you know? Right. And so like, I think that was probably one of the big fundamental shifts is that we're going to build out the budget. We're going to price the job accurately so that we can at least have a chance of hitting our 30%. And then that way we can hand it over, you know, to the project manager and they know exactly what to do. And, you know, they've, they've got a plan to follow. They're not just having to like, you know, come up with the entire budget at that point. Um, you know, and I think the other big thing that, that, that I would recommend is like doing the job costing, like tracking the cost for your projects, like directly to that job. Like, you know, again, we, we were essentially just, you know, we were just selling the jobs and then 
you know, we, 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 you know, have all the purchasing and all the materials getting bought and like things are, you know, flowing into QuickBooks, but none of it was being attributed to the job. We did not ever track to say, Hey, you know, did we make money on this job? Like we, we just had no idea. You know, you just, if you just look at the top line revenue and you look yeah. at your cost and then you try to, you know, derive like how successful are you? Like you can't do it. And so by putting in place a system that required us to do all of the job costing, now we started figuring out where are we losing money? You know, and like, I, I'll give you one example. We, we found, you know, after we started doing this, like, and, and, I, and I started analyzing the data and I went and started looking back. I found that every job we sold to a particular customer in, uh, in, in Houston, we lost 10 to 12% on that job. Now, this is a, it was a commercial customer we were doing. Uh, this, is, this is a fencing, you know, and so we did a lot of fencing for them. But like, we literally like, you know, and I suspected, wait, like, is there, is there some sort of fraud going on? Like, how, <laughs> how could you consistently lose that much money? Well, it turned out that we never updated the cost of the, the, the material. We yeah. were using outdated cost yep. and nobody ever stopped to check. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so by not doing that job costing, like, you know, so, you know, again, you, you find your bleeders pretty quickly and you plug the gap and, and, and you can't make the same mistakes over and over like that because that's just leading to just you're just hemorrhaging money. Yeah, I think this goes to to this idea of digging a little deeper, too, because we had that same issue at the company where I was for years as production manager. We could not hit a framing budget with, you know, the materials. Yeah. And I finally, you know, we just kept complaining about it. And then we knew we were losing money on it. And then finally, I went back in our database and our database for lumber. It hadn't been updated for about 10 years. Wow. And so, you know, two befores were costing us three dollars a piece. They were in there for a dollar a piece. And then everything, you know, everything went from there. So I think part of that lesson is you can do all the job costing you want. But if you don't dig in, you yeah. You're never going to see where that real that real problem is. And so give us a little bit more because I'm really interested in a little bit more about like what exactly did you do with the job costing? Was it just a like you as the the chief financial person looking at it or were other people helping to discover some of these challenges or what did you, I guess, maybe step by step do with everybody else? Sure. So we, so we implemented, you know, again, I'm maybe, maybe this is too frequent. Maybe it's not, but we, every single Friday, you know, we, we would sit down with every single project manager and we would review all of the budget. We would review here, are all the costs, here's where we're at, you know, the progress, you know, it's so like I had a good understanding of, you know, not, not only just the budget, but like from, you know, from a work standpoint, from a project standpoint, are there challenges? Like what's happening on this job? Are we tracking? And, and, and again, I think when you start sitting down with the project manager to make sure that they're getting everything in there correctly and that they're understanding where we're at from a profit standpoint as well, you know, it, it just, it helps. I mean, so, you know, one of the things too is I, I essentially brought both the, the estimator, the salesperson and the project manager, they were both commissioned as a percentage of the gross profit of the job. Right. So now I aligned everybody and, and we were all focused on making sure that we're maximizing our profit and that we're not just, you know, willy nilly just sending people back out and buying more material than we not like. Now we started to have a cost conscious focus on hitting that profit number. So did you, a lot of business owners, not so much in the remodelers advantage world, but a lot of business owners are so hesitant about sharing dollars and things like with a project manager. How did you get past that if you had a problem with it? And then 
maybe why would you want to do that? Why would you want to sort of expose the company to somebody who get like, hey, you're making so much money. I want to raise every two weeks or sure. something like that, you know? I, I, I'm a big believer in just transparency. I think at the uh-huh. end of the day, like you, you've got to equip your team with the knowledge that they need to be successful. And, you know, it, 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 it's just so important that, you know, everybody can understand, you know, why we're doing what we're doing, how we're performing. And, you know, we, we essentially the entire team could see the, the gross profit. Like we made it a goal for the entire company to hit those numbers. And so again, like, I think people still understood that even if we made, you know, 30 or 40% on a job, well, that's, that's just our gross profit. We still have all of our overhead. We have all of the additional cost. That's not money in my pocket. You know, that's, that is, you know, there's a lot more that, that it takes to keep the lights on and keep the building open and keeping the business running. And so, you know, I think people could, could appreciate that. Um, You know, and look at the end of the day too, though, you know, we tell people, I mean, the better, you know, the company can perform, the more we can grow, the more we can afford to pay people, the more you're going to make in commissions, the more we can bonus out, you know, other people who may not be directly commissioned. I mean, it just helps us keep growing. And that's, that's an important, you know, thing that I think you just, you got to bring the people to the table and trust them and give them that insight. And anybody who's just sitting there, you know, always, you know, me, 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 where's my money? You're making this, but they might not be a good fit for your team. Yeah. So I was thinking a little bit about uh, the company you walked into and the disorganization. And and let me just ask this question, your project managers, how many jobs did they have running at a time? So when I walked in, we, we had, uh, we had, I think like three project managers. Um, We were, we could manage anywhere from 10 to, you know, maybe even 15 concurrent projects at one time. Um, you know, by, by the time I walked out a year later, we were able to manage 70 to 80 concurrent projects. And okay. So that's my question is yeah. how did, how did the technology, and I'm assuming, you know, job tread gets to this, but just talk technology in general, how did the technology allow you to then expand the number of jobs that a project manager was running? Cause it's a real challenge these days to yeah. find the right people but we, the work's just pouring in. And yep. so in what's typically happens is a project manager is booked at three and then another job comes in, nothing changes. It's just, they have another job, right? And so how does the technology help a project manager just be able to deal with more? Absolutely. So, you know, I'd say that the, the, the biggest thing that we did in that regard was, you know, I told the, the crews, the, the, the subs, the employees, everybody like, before you ever step foot off a job site, if you want to get paid for that day, you upload your photos, your videos. Like, I want to see exactly what has been completed. Even if it's not done, that's fine. Every single day we collect photos and or videos of what has been completed. And so that allowed the project managers to no longer have to go to every single job site every single day to keep track of things like they, they you know, a project manager should not have to be a babysitter. If okay, you're hang, on, babysitter- hang on, stop just for a second. Cause yeah. I want to make sure everybody understands this. I heard you say it, but I don't know. It went by pretty fast. You <laughs> said subs were doing this for you as well. Absolutely. Okay. And I, that's a huge thing for me because people are so afraid to kind of put that out in front of the subs. How, so at the risk of losing the thought, how did you get your subs to do that for you? It's simple. You tie it to their compensation. Okay. If you want to get paid, you <laughs> upload the photos and show me what you did. 
Right. And 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 there were a couple of them who didn't do it, but I I, I can tell you, you threaten to not pay them that one time, <laughs> and then they do it. It's yeah. that simple. If you want to work for our company, you have to follow our processes. Okay. And and again, we help them understand that. By doing this, this helps us scale the business. This helps us bring in more work and we can get you on more jobs and keep you busier and help you make more money. You know, so at the end of the day, you got to have that that big vision and have everybody aligned. And so we're not just asking them to do these things for the sake of doing them. It's because it's going to help us as a company be able to better grow and improve the quality, improve the customer satisfaction, bring in more jobs, get them out, you know, in the field and keep them, you know, working. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, they, they were fine with it. Once they understood the why and it didn't just feel like extra busy work for them. And, and I can tell you, too, like another story. I mean, b- before we started doing that. We, uh, we, we had a couple jobs that, you know, like this is one job. So they, they had us come out and we had to replace this big barn door and they had about five of these different buildings. You know, we, we go out there, we, we take out the door, we replace it, put it back on there, get, you know, and send, send the, the customer some completion photos. And they're like, that's great, but that's the wrong building. <laughs> we, we literally did all this work, replace this massive barn door for the wrong building. Yeah. You know, and like I could have spotted that if I would have seen photos from the very beginning or along the way. Right. You know, same same situation with a fence job. We went, we rebuilt this entire huge fence on the wrong side of the property. You know, I, like you, you got to be able to have visuals and be able to manage these jobs without being on site every single time. You know, now, again, this also comes back to, you know, and I, I asked the subs and I asked the guys like, hey, you know, what are your biggest frustrations? And they said, well, when we get to the job site, like we don't have any information that we hadn't been shared the plans. We don't know exactly what to do. We send a text or we call the project manager. They're not answering like, you know, and again, so it's, it's about sharing all of the right information and making sure that the right people have that. And, uh, you know, that I think that tremendously, you know, improved our quality. So what's the feedback loop that says to a project manager or a subcontractor when they send those pictures in? If they don't get feedback other than you're not going to get paid, it seems to me like you start going like, what's the point? So what's the feedback loop to these people who have so much going on out there that what they're doing that is not construction is really valuable to the company? You know, I, I think at the end of the day, it, you know, sure, you can give them a little thumbs up on the photos, but it, it really was about, you know, looking for issues and trying to spot them earlier on. And right. so it, it and, and, and again, I'll be it. This wasn't just for the project managers, like me and the other business leaders, we could all see the photos coming in. And so it also allowed us to look at things from a very high level to right. figure out where, you know, and, and a lot of times you can spot and think, you know, think ahead, Hey, they're probably going to have an issue with this when we get to that part, you know? And so like, it just gives you that ability to, you know, be more proactive and immediately, you know, it, it probably is more so responding to potential issues than, you know, hey, that looks great. You know, yeah, that, that's good, too, to, you know, to, to give them some kudos on their work and right. you know, recognize them. But, um, you know, it is it, it is helpful to spot the issues. So I got to tell this story about my very first on-site consult that I did. I don't know, 25 years ago, whatever it was. I'm sitting in the, with the business owner, talking to him in his office. A laborer comes in. He said, I need you to go down to such and such an address and tear out the bathroom because we're going to 
be remodeling that bathroom. And they sent this laborer off. The end of the day, he comes back in so delighted, happy, but it was the wrong bathroom. <laughs> now, can you imagine? I can imagine a barn door. That's one thing. No. But tearing out a client's bathroom and they ended up selling the client two bathrooms. So it worked out mm. OK. But, you know, that's a communication challenge and, and so forth like that, not having the, the pictures and stuff. So no. that that's that's really uh, uh, fantastic. So do more work, be able to be more organized. So I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about um I guess maybe you've answered this, but maybe any other thoughts about getting the best out of your trade contractors and other than just the threat, like we're not going to pay you because sure. some, some people don't respond well to that. They go like, sorry, see you later. I'm, yeah. you know, but you need these people. Any other thoughts about a way that you can work with people better because so many companies are going more trade-based. Yeah. They're, they're less labor, less in-house labor. No, I, I uh, definitely, I think probably one of the other big impacts. So, so, so we, we basically, when I walked in, we were paying all of our subs time and material, just we're paying them, you know, however many hours they logged, we're paying them. And, you know, it, it took me a little while to figure this out as well. But like what I started to see is that depending on the, the sub and, and, and their crew, you know, we may be able to do a job faster or slower. And so I started wondering, well, why are some of these guys like so much slower than these other guys? And right. so I went out and I started following them around for a couple of days. Well, I, I stumbled across this one, this, this one job. So I'm, I'm there at 8 a.m. I'm wondering, where's the crew? Well, they don't show up till like a little bit after nine. You know, turns out they all went to Home Depot together to get all the materials. So I learned, right. okay, I should have had the materials on site. And, I, you know, I shouldn't, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have left that up to them. So lesson learned there. But then call about, you know, 11 o'clock, they, they realize they need to go back and get some more materials. Right. And so instead of just one guy going back, all three of them decide they're going to go back to Home Depot together. So right. we rack up another, you know, 45 minutes to an hour at Home Depot. And then we got some drive time. OK, now they come back. It's, you know, time for lunch. So let's take another lunch, you know, and take another hour off. Come back in the afternoon. I kid you not. Around 2.30, they decide they need to go back to Home Depot again and right. the entire crew. And so, like, that's when I realized the problem is if we're paying these guys by the hour, or by the day, they're incentivized to drag this job out. They're getting paid and they can just go. And, you know, I have no idea what they were doing at Home Depot, like maybe taking right. inventory for them or something. But like, <laughs> like you know, we, we were not aligned in how we were managing, you know, the jobs and how we were compensating the the, 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 the crews for doing the work. And so, you know, we, we basically switched to, you know, fixed pricing for them. We, we said, look, you know, you got, you know, all of these guys, you know, we had a you know good number of crews, you know, subs that we would basically say, you need to go out and bid on the job. You know, right. you tell us how long it's going to take you, how much you're going to charge. You know, so let's say, you know, you say it's going to take five days. Okay, great. So I can take your cost. I'm going to put my margin. I'm going to go sell this job at that, at that price. And then you're going to go and you're going to do the job. So if that job takes you three days, awesome. You get to move on to the next job. You're still getting paid the same. If that job takes you seven days, though, that's on you. We're not going to pay any additional because you told me and you gave me a fixed price. Right. And, you know, it, this, it, it worried some of the guys, you know, initially about making this transition because they realized that it was going to basically, you know, cut into their, you know, easy, easy, to easy job work, you know. And, and so right. the interesting thing that happened, though, is the quality of their work through the roof. Wow. They finished the jobs on time. 
and they did it correctly because they knew if they didn't, they were going to have to go back out on their dime and their time. And so they wanted to get on to the next job. And so it was such a great transition for us, you know, and, and I just, I highly recommend, you know, using subcontractors is, 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 you know, my opinion, I think is, is the way to go, you know, maybe for some specific trades, you know, very skilled thing that, you know, it's, it's paramount to your business. You could bring it in house, but like, you know, being able to leverage subs, that's how you can scale very quickly when need be. And, and, and you got to just keep it, you know, keep a good bench of your subs and rate them rate their performance, you know, after every job, like yeah. sit down with the project manager, say, how did they perform? Were they good? Awesome. Did, did they underperform? Was there an issue? Okay. Well, let's notate that so that we don't, you know, make rash feeling, you know, based decisions, all these qualitative things. We have quantitative data to say, man, on the last 10 jobs they were on, you know, six out of them, they, they, they underperformed. They, 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 something happened. Like the, you know, maybe the customer was upset. Like, and then you start to kind of, you know, we, I, I like the five-star rating, you know, you got your, you know, your five stars, those are your go-tos, your four stars. Okay. We're in a pinch. Maybe we go to a three-star, but anything below that, like you just don't use them, you know, and you got to get those guys out and you got to keep bringing in high quality work, people who are you know going to do a good job for you. So, uh, I want to talk about one more thing, and that's the scaling. And then we'll then we'll talk a little bit more about job tread. But um, you've mentioned scaling a couple of times as we've gone through. And so maybe just give us two or three things. You just mentioned the trade contractor thing. And you could say that again if you want to, but two or three things that you believe are critical for a company to be able to scale and maybe define scaling for everybody just to make sure we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, when I, when I say scale, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm talking about, you know, growing the company, you know, growing your, your, your top line sales, you know, as well as your profits and making sure that, you know, you're, you're getting paid for the work that you're doing. You know, a lot of times people will take on more work and think just because there's more sales coming in. Well, if you're taking a hit on the, on the profit, then what's, you know, what's the point? Like, you know, there, there's no, there's no reason to scale something that you don't have a well-oiled machine. You've got, you know, you're, you're, you're able to hit your target profit margins. That's what you want to do. There's no reason to go do more of the things that aren't working. Right. You know? So I, I think it's really important that, you know, people understand their numbers. They, they understand what they're good at and what they're not good at and do more of the things that you're good at. <laughs> right. You know, you can't be everything to everybody and do everything well, but there are things that you're going to be able to do really well. And that's what you want to focus on. Right. And, you know, I think, I think I would say too, like really important to have the right people on your team. You know, you've got to have the right people on the bus. You got to get the wrong people off the bus. And then as a team, you drive that bus together and that's how you're going to have a cohesive, you know, uh, you know, I, I think building a great culture too is, is, is really important. You know, it's got to be fun. People have to feel that, you know, they, they want to get up, they want to come to work, they enjoy the people that they're spending their time with. I mean, you spend more time with your colleagues than your own family. And, and so it's so important that you, you build an awesome team. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, I think just getting organized is, is, is so important too, because so many times these, these, you know, business owners, uh, your head's down, you're just focused and grinding and grinding and grinding, but like, you got to take a step back sometimes and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's look at the big picture. Like, what are we really trying to do here with this business? Are we on track? Like, are, are we doing a great job with our customers? Are we keeping our, our employees and our subs like happy? And are, are they, are they putting food on their table? Are they growing with us? Like, 
you know, I think, I think it's important that you do take that step back every once in a while and, uh, you know, make sure that things are going how you want and that you don't just get, you know, entirely hung up on all the details every single day. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to wrap up here, uh, fairly soon, but I, I do, I am interested in job tread. I've actually done a, uh, an online like demonstration of it. And I, I will say, and I'm not promoting here, but I will say, I like what I saw. Um, so just give us a little bit of a, what is it? Um, how does it, maybe how does it differ a little bit from what's out there now? And, uh, and then definitely how do we reach somebody to talk some more about it if we want to? Sure. So, you know, again, it's, 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 it's intended to be this, you know, this end to end solution that you can use to manage, you know, your, all of your customers, your leads, you know, your vendors, your subs, suppliers, you know, being able to keep track of all their contact information, all the activity, everything that's happening with them, you know, you can build that out. And then every job, you know, like our big focus and, and, and unlike a lot of other solutions that, that really came at it from a project management standpoint first, I came at it from a financial management standpoint. You know, we built out our budget tool. Everything is tied to the budget. So, you know, you build your budget, you know, and you can pull from your catalogs and it makes it really easy. You know, you set up all, you know, if you're doing similar builds, whether it's a home build and you got, you know, a couple different build templates or every time you do this, you know, kitchen or bath, like you can have all these templates already set up. So it really streamlines the process of building out that budget, you know, do the takeoff, update the materials and the, and the quantities there, you know, it generates that proposal. You can send that out to the customer. You can collect their signatures. They can, you know, also it's interactive where they can make selections and, you know, do, do, you know, optional add-ons, things like that, but they sign it, you know, that essentially gets that work, you know, it becomes now, you know, an approved customer order. So you, now you have a job that you're going to go and you're going to start delivering on. And then, you know, that's where you do the scheduling. You're, you're, you know, you build out your scope of work for all your subs, send out purchase orders, work orders, do all the job costing. You know, when the bills come in, you can track all of that. You know, you can send out your deposit request, your invoices, collect all the payments. Like we want to make sure that you're going to get paid and that you're managing all the aspects that are required to manage for this construction project. And, you know, I think the thing that that that, that makes us different again, like we've got a really nice interface and our budget tool is extremely powerful. I've never seen anything else out there, you know, where you can basically completely customize the, the, the look, the feel, the like what columns, what information, like. You, you know, it's it's just such a powerful tool. I mean, it's it really feels a lot like an Excel spreadsheet or something, but it's right in there for that job and it's in one place. And then you can have, again, you can collaborate with the other team members. They can see the, the, the information that you want to share with them. Um, you know, and then, you know, again, all the files, photos, when you upload them, they automatically go right there to the job and the customer's got their, their customer portal to, to manage the experience and everything. So that's, uh, you know, really I'd say job tread in a nutshell is, kind of that end-to-end -end solution and, you know, integrates with, with your QuickBooks and yeah. Okay. Eric, this is fantastic. So you started with a framework and a vision of the problems you wanted to solve when you worked for the, the company you were talking about. Um, and in developing the software, obviously when you start to get users, they're going to have requests and things they want to see. What has been like the biggest unintended innovation or uh, piece that you've put into JobTread that you weren't intending to put in uh, originally? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> that's, that's a real good question. Um, you know, I would, I would say probably the, the, the ability to manage the, the selections and allowances. Um, you know, again, when, when I was running the, 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 the general contracting firm, I mean, you know, we didn't necessarily have 
uh, as much of a need for that. And I would say, you know, based on our, our customers feedback, you know, from both, you know, the, 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 the larger scale remodelers from the home builders, like, you know, we, we, we had to really take the time to learn, you know, how that should operate and how, again, that needs to tie back to the financials of the job. Um, you know, so I'd say that was, that was one thing that like, you know, it was, it was really cool to be able to build that collaboratively with our customers and based on their feedback. And, you know, I think in general too, like that's, that's, that's my mindset here is that every one of our customers is a partner. You know, we, we, we truly believe that if we collaborate, we can build the best product together. Like my team no longer has to, to come up with all the ideas and solve all the problems by ourselves because we built this community around us. And, you know, we got a super active Facebook group and, you know, we have a feature request list directly built into the application where people can submit their ideas and other people can go vote on them. And that directly influences our product development, and our roadmap. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat to see, you know, I think we're just, we're fortunate too, that we've built a really strong foundation on modern technology that enables us to very rapidly continue to improve the product. And we, we, you know, we do it in a way where you don't have to like, totally relearn or restart over. Like, you know, we're, we're continually making enhancements and, you know, we keep our customers in the loop and involved in that. I think Friday I'm doing a, uh, you know, big customer town hall to talk about all the most recent, you know, releases and updates that we've made. And, you know, I think when, you know, a lot of the other software out there that has, you know, been doing this for 10, 15 years, you know, you, you do kind of get to a point where it's very hard to keep making modifications and, you know, you're, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's challenging for them. So we're, we're really, uh, taking advantage of the ability to, to, to be very agile and to quickly develop based on feedback that we receive. Yeah. Right, and that's, so that's, how, no, do, I, how do we I find one more, I got right, one more so, so I'm keened in on a lot of the chatter of remodelers. And that is one thing that they said is that the updates happen quick and their requests are met pretty quickly. So, but uh, the one thing we see, um, and oddly enough, we're doing a podcast soon on selections and pre-construction process. So it is a need, but one big hurdle that we see, um, there's an aging workforce, the adoption of technology. How do you directly help teams, companies, owners help their team better adopt the technology? It's a great question. Great, great question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that we, we, we really put a lot of focus on customer service. And so we have an entire like implementation program directly built into job tread. So it walks you through all the getting started steps, everything you need to do to get your job tread set up. And we have someone that's dedicated to uh, Dr. Anna Hunter on our team. She has a PhD in organizational change management has built out an entire, like, you know, getting started like series of, of, of videos and live training. So every single day you can hop on a live training, you know, with, with, with Anna or someone on our team. And so we're, we're constantly putting out, you know, material and we're making ourselves available to help, you know, get it going. And, and, and every single customer has a dedicated customer success manager as well. That's their point of contact. They have their cell phone, their email. You know, we, we also have daily office hours. Every single customer success manager has an hour every single day that they, that they hop on, you know, it's a group group type thing, but in case you can't get a direct, you know, one-on-one meeting scheduled, you can drop in at any time, you know, every single day to be able to get help from people. And so, you know, it's, just the, the resources that we've made available, you know, I think are, have, have been very much appreciated by our team, but my, my entire team too has construction experience. You know, we, we have all, you know, been contractors or builders. Like we totally understand the, the challenges that, 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 that our customers are facing. And so that also helps us to really relate and to, to understand their processes so that we can, you know, help them get the most out of their job tread. 
All right. So how do we reach you? Yeah. So I'm probably pretty easy to find, uh, you know, on, on, on Facebook and social media and things like that. But, you know, I'd, I'd say just, you know, our website, www.jobtread.com. There's a whole bunch of information, um, you know, tons of videos on there. Our, our YouTube channel has also got a ton of information too, if people wanted to see the product in action, but um, just right, right from our website, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a button at the top. You can schedule a demo at any time. That'll get you connected with someone on our team who, you know, again, we'll, we'll take an hour, you know, we'll walk you through the product before you have to sign up to make sure it's going to be a good fit for you, you know, or you can just sign up, dive in, get in with your customer success person. But yeah, I'd say just through the website. Well, Eric, thank you very much for being here. It's guests like you that make my job easy. Uh, and uh, I, I love learning what's going on. So we really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out to share a lot, not just about job trade, but, but just the industry as a whole. Great information. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks thank for you, having me on, Tim. Thank you, Steve. Take care. So, Tim, I think some of the best episodes that we've ever had are, you know, people that see a problem, see a need and develop something uh, to combat change and innovation in their companies, in the industry. This is a prime example of, uh, you know, not dealing with it is what it is. So <laughs> I, I just thought there was a, a bunch of incredible things to take from this podcast. What are some for you? Well, I, I think the cool thing is we agree with each other. So I always like it when a guest comes on and we agree. I think, yeah, the emphasis on job cost, I think, you know, building something that's more financially based than starting in the production management side of it, um, having an estimating component that, uh, again, I'm uh, just basing, like I asked, like, what's the most important thing? And he went right to getting the right dollars in there. And if yep. you don't, you don't get the right dollars in there, I don't care how good your production team is, you're going to lose money. And yep. so uh, just that, that sort of thing. I love the the concept of the videos or or photos going up. That's available in several different platforms, but just the emphasis on that in terms of being able to manage more jobs at one time. And so being able to 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 run that way. And then I really like the just the the idea of scaling because that's a huge thing for us at this point in the world because we're what I've seen over the 30 or so years that I've been talking in this business is we've developed from mom and pop businesses to true business. I mean, the the remodeling world particularly has true businesses in it. And part of that concept is the ability to scale when you have the opportunity to. So I thought he had some great uh, insights there uh, for that. So a super, super episode. Yeah, I think the background uh, that Eric has and you know, all of the team members at JobTread lead to, you know, just a mindset shift of the way he talked about the subcontractors. Yeah. The fact that, you know, send the pictures in, you know, I think you have to use the payment as the way to enforce it. But, you know, it's a it's the mindset around like we're working together to make a better product, a better right. service for the customer. And yeah. you're going to be a part of that. It's not this push and pull Right. You know, normal subcontractor framework that everybody kind of has in their mind. So yeah. it's definitely a shift. And I think that's really important. All right. Well, this has been great. Uh, we want to thank Eric Fortenberry for joining us today. And we want to thank you for always listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show.
And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.